Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. journeyed together through an inspired worship series from O. Henry's The Gift of the Magi, and it has led to a, a desire to appreciate each generation, and we have had some incredible generations that we have explored, but today is the one in which I am an expert. Today, we talk about my generation, Generation X. Generation X is anyone born between 1965 and 1980. I just eked in by three months. Just eked in there. However, because I'm a September baby, most of my schooling was spent with those who were solidly Generation X. And so Generation X gets its name from a book that was published in 1991 by Douglas Copeland called Generation X, Tales for an Accelerated Culture. But we would be remiss if we didn't point out that actually Billy Idol first used the term Generation X for the name for his punk rock band from 1976 to 1981. So Billy Idol should technically get the glory for that namesake of Generation X. Now, Generation X is a latchkey generation. We were one of the first generations to have both of our parents work. Even if one parent was only working full-time and the other was working part-time, we were often those who came home to school, from school to an empty house. And so we would let ourselves in and we were entrusted to be mature enough not to burn down the house. And so we are a very independent generation. We are also those who are known for our do-it-yourself ability because we had to do it for ourselves. We're the first people to go, let's go on YouTube and see if we can fix this. We're one of those people. And of course we are. We are also those that were raised on MTV. We are that generation. We were also raised on incredible technological advancements like video games and VHS tapes. Remember those? Be kind, always rewind. That was our moniker. So we are a generation that has experienced an incredible breadth of technological influence and innovation in our lifetime. I can remember being three and having both an Atari 2600, we were that hip, and a Commodore 64. In fact, much to my mother's disappointment, I learned how to type load commands and run commands before I learned to read. I was the kid that was like, let's not read a story, let's go play Zaxxon. That was my life and the life of many of my peers. But we are also those that realize, because of the generations that have come before and shaped us, whether our parents were of the silent generation or the baby boomers, that hard work is important. It is a great value. We are that generation that is known to work hard and play hard. That is us, hard all the time, working and playing. And we have to work hard, because we are a generation that has experienced incredible economic crisis. We have been impacted by the dot-com bust, the bursting of the housing bubble, and the Great Recession, all of which have taken an unprecedented toll on our current state of finances and our future finances. Our ability to retire, if at all, has been affected by these things. Therefore, 
we are a generation where 80% have fears of financial security. 80% of us are afraid of how our finances will play out. 52% of us carry credit card debt. And we only possess 16% of this nation's wealth. Because of all of those fiscal crises, it has dwindled our assets that we have worked so hard for and has put us in a place of great discombobulation. That is what Generation X is known for. But we are also a generation that counts ourselves 70% Christian, while only 58% of us claim spiritual peace. We are those who thrive on diversity, challenge, honesty, responsibility, and our ability to have creative input. We are those that believe that we do have something to give. As we are currently in a state of coming into or being flatly in middle age. And being in middle age, it means that we have the opportunity to pivot if necessary and to change our direction a little bit so that we can do what we feel called to do, what we feel led to do, even sometimes what we must do. We are a generation that is in what we call that soul-searching period. We are at the point where we have been working and we wonder what's going to happen next. We wonder what the future holds for us. Will all of our hard work pay off with fiscal security? Or are we destined to work until the day we die? These are the kinds of questions that my peers struggle with. And these are the kinds of mindsets that the church has to address. That these are a group of people who could become the next leaders of the church. And during the pandemic, a large number of baby boomers retired early. In some cases, because it was the fiscally responsible thing to do. In other cases, because they didn't want to have to have job exposure. And there are a lot of great reasons why baby boomers retired. But as they retired, it was Generation X that was presented with an opportunity to step into leadership positions, which you have trained us very well for. We are one of the first generations to have a largely collegiate background, which has contributed to our fiscal debt. We are also those that believe very strongly in education and have pursued it, not just for bachelor's degrees, but master's degrees and PhDs. And so for us, we feel like you have given us a great background if you are of the greatest generation, the silent generation, or the baby boomers. But what will we be? For we are a sandwich generation. We are flatly in between the living generations. There are three ahead of us, and there are three coming behind us. And so we have a unique perspective to offer, as we are also kind of a transitional generation. Oftentimes, it's the generation that came before and the one immediately after that get all of the press, right? It's the baby boomers versus the millennials that you hear about. And Generation X is like, can't we all just get along? We do not like strife. We believe that if you work hard, then you should be able to play hard, and we should all go along as we do all of these things. But yet we live in a world where, as we have said before, human sin is very much present. And today, when I was reading the scripture, what ended up really jumping out at me are two things that my generation probably needs to hear. One, we are not called to be debtors, not in the flesh and not in our finances. We are called to be a people who are only in debt to God for the incredible love and grace of Jesus Christ. That is where our indebtedness shall lie. And for some of us, that means that we need to start being more fiscally responsible. For some of us, 
that means that we need to confront the horrible reality of how events outside of our control have devastated our fiscal independence. And for others of us, it means that we have to consider how we might help people rebuild their lives and come to a place where they can not only have material constancy, but also find that elusive spiritual peace. If you've been following along with the series, you know that every week those numbers decline. How many count themselves as Christian and how many claim spiritual peace? And we're not finished yet. But for Generation X, we also need to hear what the Apostle Paul was telling, not just the Roman church, but all of the churches throughout time. And that is that you cannot have a spirit of fear. And that's hard if you're Generation X. You look at your bank account, you look at your retirement accounts. We're the first generation to not have pensions. And you look at these things and you wonder. You've seen your grandparents, and in some cases our parents, retire and be able to do that, enjoy life. And we wonder, is that something that has died in the world? Or is that a promised land that we will one day get to enter? We watch our stock reports very closely to see. We also wonder how we will take care of the next generations that are coming behind us. Because we have the lower birth rate between the baby boomers, Generation X, and the millennials. The millennials are a little bit of a, a mini baby boom themselves. So our numbers are not as high as the others. But we are here. And we are those that are given the opportunity now, both in the church and in the world, to see if we will step up into leadership positions. And what might that do for everything from our economy and our industry to our church? We're very fortunate here at Crozet United Methodist Church. We have all six generations, and then the, the Generation X, well shown. So all seven are present in our church. They are all very active in our church, and we continue to find ways to get others active, connected, and to experience the grace that we offer so freely here. But above all, we are a church that believes that every generation has gifts, that every generation makes us better. I want you to think about the metaphor that Jesus and the New Testament uses repeatedly, that of the body of Christ, that a body is a great way of thinking about a healthy church, that when all the components of your body are healthy and well-used and cared for, that your body functions better. And, God forbid, that you should become injured or sick in one of your organs, one of your limbs, or one of your systems, a healthy body helps to compensate for that as you strive to be rehabilitated or treated so that you can be whole once more. Now, going a little bit further with the metaphor of a body, I want you to think about your mouth. I think about my mouth a lot. One, I have a big mouth and I use it. And two, my mother's always pointing out my mouth. My mom's like, look at your smile. I paid for those teeth. I think my dad paid for the teeth, but that's okay. Well, they, they did it together. They paid for my teeth. And my mother is very proud of that fact, probably because they were the first generation that could actually invest money into the dental and orthodontic health of their children. And so she thinks that's a big deal. Well, my teeth are a little particular. I have all four of my wisdom teeth. And I'm one of the only, I know, right? I have all four of my wisdom teeth. 
I have a lot of space in my mouth for all four of my wisdom teeth, so they're all in there. But think about that. My wisdom teeth are actually my youngest teeth. They came in last. And what have they done? They have grafted to my jaw. They are a permanent part of my smile, of my bite, and they have allowed the other older teeth to stay in place. And so my, young, my youngest teeth actually allow my oldest teeth, which are right here in the front, to be stable, to be well aligned, and to function. And we use our mouth for so many things. We use it to pray. We use it to read and speak the word of God. We use it so that we can eat the sacrament of Holy Communion. We use it so we can smile to affirm that others are beloved. We use our mouth for many things in the church. And the mouth is the combination of so many teeth and other parts of our body. And it is a gateway. So much comes in, whether it's breath or food, nourishment, that comes into the body this way. And so if we start to think of ourselves at the local church as a mouth, do we make sure that there is a place specifically for every generation? Our church has done this pretty naturally, I believe. But now is the time to become more intentional about it. You've seen that movement in our congregation, in our lay leadership even, where we have had people step into leadership roles for our middle school youth and for our children's fellowship. You've seen people decide to step out of their comfort zone and lead other generations. Now, there was a time in early Methodism when we used to divide into little groups the class system, and some of you may have grown up in this or a modification of this in the Sunday school system, where back in the early days, we would divide by gender, and then we would subdivide, sometimes by marital status, whether you were married or you were single, and sometimes you would further divide by where you were in school. And those were pretty distinctive and hard boundaries. And while that was in some ways very fruitful and very helpful because you had the opportunity through the system to bond with your peer group, it also put up barriers that we didn't anticipate. It meant that a lot of times generations didn't cross-pollinate. They didn't share experiences and ideas and presence and relationships because they were so rigidly divided. Now, certainly they came together for worship on Sunday morning, but how many times do you get to have those same kind of connections and those relationships build right in the midst of worship? Happens sometimes before and sometimes after. But right in the midst is not the same kind of connection that you would have in a small group setting. And so we have kind of modified that over time, and Crozet has embraced that. For instance, if you have a child who is in fifth grade, we have allowed the, the parents of that child or the guardians to make an informed decision about whether that child should be in our children's fellowship or whether they want to come and be part of the middle school because we don't believe in a rigidly defined boundary system. We know that sometimes some people need to be the youngest. Some people need to be the oldest in the setting and that they will thrive differently based upon where they are placed. And we also believe in transgressing some of those old boundaries like age. So if you've never been a younger person at the senior fellowship luncheon, you are missing out. It is a wonderful opportunity. How many of us were there on Tuesday, Susan? About 30 people. 
I mean, it's an incredible thing to see all of them gathered together. I was very fortunate in my ministry that for eight years, I was in charge of the homebound care, the homebound ministry of my church, which meant that every month I was getting around to see face-to-face all of our homebound members. I routinely had to connect with people in their 80s and their 90s and several who were past 100. And because of that forced connection, I learned not to fear death. I learned how to deal with end-of-life transition. I learned how to handle with grace and dignity illness and sickness. I had the opportunity to gain perspective that I would have had to have decades of life experience in order to have for myself because of the connection with those that were so much older than me. And the church allows us to have that. The church gives us an open invitation to connect with people that aren't exactly like us, especially across the generations. And as a generation that is smack in the middle of all seven, Generation X can see both what has come before and what is behind. We have this incredible opportunity to help inform that if we are valued and you start to see a huge slide in Christianity and its practice. There's a big difference between people who claim to be Christian and people who actually practice their faith. You start to see a large decline after the baby boomers. And there are churches that focus on specific generations. In fact, I have heard many churches and sometimes colleagues, not necessarily United Methodists, but colleagues having discussions like this. The millennials are a lost cause. We might as well just focus on Generation Z. Well, you know, we got to focus on our baby boomers because there's the most of them, and they're pretty good givers. These are the kinds of conversations that some churches have, but not here at Crozet. We have been fortunate enough to have numerous lay leaders say that we need to focus on every generation, that every single one is valued. And they are. They are valued here at this church, and they are valued by God Almighty. And if we continue to make sure to be intentional about engaging with these different generations, then it is all the generations that benefit. Every single one. It makes us more the body of Christ. Right now, your body has all kinds of different organs and limbs and systems that are various in age. Some of them regenerate almost constantly. Your skin turns over about every week. And so for some of your body, it is constantly youthful. For others of us, especially as we get older, we notice that some of ours aren't regenerating very well, or at all. And we recognize that as some of those things age, it affects all of us. Go back to the mouth metaphor. Have you ever had mouth pain and it radiates to your ears and it gives you a headache? It can radiate throughout your body. Pain of one generation is felt by the others. And if you have a generation that is living in almost constant fear, how do we help them? What might God be calling us to offer 
We are not called to be a people who live in fear. You have nothing to be afraid of, my siblings in Christ. At the end of your life, whether it's tomorrow or 50 years from now, you know who is waiting for you. And you know where you are going. God has promised it, and God never defaults. So we have been given the final destination of the kingdom to come. And to use that old hymn, we are marching to Zion. However, it's not a straight shot to Zion. There are curves and there are valleys and there are hills. And for some of us, we can't see every step of the path. And there isn't really a godly GPS yet. And so some of us are terrified to leave where we are. We know where we are. We feel pretty safe where we are. And we're afraid to step into the unknown. But other generations have shown us that moving forward is the way. And we don't go alone. We don't go anywhere alone in Christianity. We have the Spirit of God. We have God's presence. We have Jesus Christ wherever two or more of us are gathered. We have one another. And we do not go alone, which means that sometimes we need to look at the other generations and make sure that we are inviting them. And some of our youngest generations actually have figured out GPS better than the older. So we might want to get them on board. Remember what Jesus said. You've got to become like one of these. You've got to become like one of these children. And throughout our lives, you have been given educational experience, life experience. You have been given, in some cases, gifts and graces, time and talent. Sometimes you have worked very hard for them, and sometimes they come so naturally to you, it's like you're breathing. But you have these things. And the question before every generation is, how are you going to use them? What are you going to do with what God has entrusted to you? And so Jesus tells a story. A story about a master who gives very valuable things into the hands of the master's servants. And some of the servants, out of fear, bury what they have. They just hide it and they sit on it. But the ones that were bold and fearless, who invested it, those that looked and saw opportunity, those are the ones that were not only successful but rewarded. And that is the model that Jesus gives us. If we're going to let fear control us, and for some of us that's fear of failure, for some of us that's fear of change, for some of us that is the fear of the unknown, and for some of us we are just living in a constant state of fear. If we let fear drive how we express our faith, if we let fear be the, the standard by which we make decisions as the body of Christ, then we will never get to Zion. We will stay right where we are. And it looks and feels really good where we are right now. But it won't for long. It won't for long. I have noticed that my chickens tend to go kind of in the same places. And if they stay in the same place, 
they'll tear up the grass there. And I live in a parsonage, and that's not cool. So I make sure that they move around. I make sure that they, you know, don't just destroy where they are. But I was looking at them yesterday, and I noticed that they always want to go to the same places. You know why? Because they know where they are. They're very comfortable there. And they go there, and they do what they always do there, and then they go back to the coop at night. And then they call it a day, and then they come out the next day, and they do the same thing. We are not chickens. We have been given incredible faculties. We are not prey animals. We have been given dominion, not just over the earth, but over our choices, our will. And God loved Jesus. Jesus gave it into our hands, the church. Are we going to do the same things and hope for a different result? Or are we going to look at opportunity and innovation and above all, relationship and see that we can truly change things for the next generation? All three of the generations that came before mine have done incredible things. They are incredible people. And they have laid firm foundation. They have paved the way. And now it is time for us to continue that work if we are of those first three generations, then we need to do it for the four behind us. And if we are of the four behind the first three, then we hope that one day you will show us how to lay that foundation. But you'll also let us innovate new ways to do it. And that you'll support us when we make mistakes. And you'll still love us when we don't do it exactly the same way. One of the things that I do for my son, he doesn't eat a lot, but he eats scrambled eggs. And so I will make him scrambled eggs, and I have a whisk and a bowl, because that's how my grandmother did it. That's how my mother did it, a whisk and a bowl, right? That's how you do it. You whisk them together, put them in the skillet, cook them. Well, while I was gone on vacation with my friend in October, my sister, who's a millennial, came down to watch my son, who's Generation Z. And he said, will you make me some eggs? My sister goes, sure, I'll make you eggs. She got out a Ziploc bag, and she put the eggs in there, and she started to shake the bag. My son was like, that is not how you make eggs. He's like, that, no, you've got to get this bowl, and she's got a whisk, and like, that, that is not how you make the eggs. And my sister's like, this is how I make eggs. Give me a second. I'm making you some eggs. And she made him some eggs, and he tasted the eggs. And she's like, well... It's like, these will do. <laughs> Apparently, they actually are a little fluffier when you use a whisk. But she didn't do anything wrong. She just did it differently. But at the end, she was feeding a hungry child. And I bet that he will figure out an even better way to make eggs. Because now he's seen two ways to do it. And he's pretty bright. He'll come up with a third. And then he'll market it to all of us. That's how that will happen. If anything comes of Advent and Christmas, I hope and I pray that it is learning to find and be appreciative of other people, their experiences and how the world has shaped them, but how Christ might shape us. It has been incredibly insightful for me to do the research about these generations. But above all, 
it has been beautiful to see those generations here in our family of faith. To look out and go, ah, there are the greatest generation. And here's the silent generation. And here are our baby boomers. And there are some of us from Generation X. And there's Generation Z running the slides in the video. And we have millennials. And we have Generation Alpha, who have been largely shaped by a pandemic. And so we are a place where they will come to say, what have we been missing? What can you show us? Will you love on us? And I believe with all that we are that the answer from Crozet United Methodist Church will always be, of course. We love you and we value you. And you are not just welcome here. You are one of us. May it be so. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.